Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end. With Schnepley and Toff. So, Lynn, the last episode that we recorded for the Box of Oddities, um, I we were talking about how it's been so hot here in Florida that uh, I've become chafed in a um, well sensitive area. Enough said. And so, to get through the episode, I actually took my my pants off and recorded that episode pantsless. Now, the chafing is much much better, but I learned during that process that I really enjoy recording without pants. So. I hope you don't mind. No. I'm naked from the waist down. Listen, whatever gets you through the ride, pal. I just wanted you to know, I, we're close this way. We have a, a trusting relationship. Yeah. I felt like I could tell you. I'm glad you said something. Um, and it's ironic because I'm actually wearing uh, two pairs of pants today. So Interesting. Between us, we both have one, one pair of pants <laughs> each. What prompted you to wear two pairs of slacks? I just thought I'm, you know, I like these khakis. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull another <laughs> pair yeah. on. Okay. Because... If I look good in this pair, maybe I'll feel twice as, as handsome. If one's good, two has got to be better. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. I think Steven Tyler is, uh, from Aerosmith is <laughs> the one who coined that Interesting. Term. Episode 57, is it, uh, is it your turn to go first? It is. It is, my friend. Hit me. Dave was a man of questionable decisions. He had a rap sheet that mostly consisted of parking tickets, but a lot of outstanding warrants. He did possess a couple of things that he felt elevated him above mediocrity. He was a trust fund baby, so he had a bank balance larger than, than, well, the Mariana Trench. And he also had just bought a brand new Maserati. Wow. Candy apple red. Dave, with his Maserati, had developed a rather distasteful habit and reputation around his neighborhood for parking in handicapped spaces. Rude. Yeah, he thought it. It was. Uh, he thought of it as a protective shield against the world. I guess a world full of errant shopping carts and reckless drivers couldn't distinguish mm-hmm. between a Maserati and a Mazda. So he would just park in the handicap spots. Rude. His penchant for handicapped spaces had made him infamous in his neighborhood, especially in one shopping center where he would get lunch. He would always park in the same 
handicapped spot over and over and over again. The sight of Dave's luxury ride hogging up the blue marked parking space was a regular occurrence. And it wasn't without confrontations either. People confronted him on this. In fact, an elderly man who had earned the right of the accessibility parking once confronted Dave in front of witnesses. He approached the Maserati. He had a a walking stick and and he came up to Dave and he tapped on Dave's door with his stick. And um, Dave was actually at the time he was he was buffing his car. He parked in a handicap spot and then he gets out the turtle wax, I guess. I don't know. Wow. That's a special kind of arrogance, huh? So Dave's there with his microfiber cloth and the man who was a gentle elderly man, sparkling blue eyes, tufts of white hair, gestured at the sign with his cane that says handicapped accessibility parking only. And Dave just kind of smirked at the guy. And then finished polishing up the hood of his car and locked the door and walked off. Wow. The old man wasn't amused. He, uh, witnesses said he said something to the effect of, what about people who actually need these spaces? And uh, he just, Dave just uh, shrugged and grinned and walked away. Hmm. On another occasion, a mother in her minivan full of boisterous kids locked horns with Dave. She uh, had a, a handicap parking pass. And uh, saw Dave there, and apparently she had seen him several times. She jumped out of the van, and uh, she was livid. She said, "Good for her." You know, just because you you have a fancy car doesn't mean you can steal these spaces from people who genuinely need them. And again, good for her. Dave just shrugged her off and smirked and left. The mother, she was livid at Dave. Jerk. She just shook her head. Jerk. Got back in the car and found another space. Over time, Dave's justifications for his parking decisions became infamous anecdotes within the community. His tales of arguments were shared and retold among local gatherings, at the coffee shop, hamburger joints. Dis- wow. Despite the disapproval and frequent confrontations, Dave continued to just park wherever the hell he wanted. In his candy apple red Maserati, which probably does 185. Can't have too many Joe Walsh references. No, no. Why do I feel like there is a shipload of karma coming down the <laughs> coming down the road for Dave and his Oh yeah. And his car. Oh yeah. Do go on. <laughs> a Tuesday afternoon. It was in Spokane, Washington, the kind of day that was unremarkable. He had just devoured a monstrous bacon double cheeseburger at his favorite restaurant uh, and was strutting back to his uh his Maserati, which was parked impeccably across two parking spots, handicapped parking spots. Good, good. There were disgruntled murmurs scattered about as Dave continued toward his car, but he stopped and he became more concerned with a, I don't know, like a ketchup stain on his suit and he wasn't really paying attention. Coincidentally, the day was also marked by a YouTuber who was there in the parking lot, live streaming a squirrel raiding a dumpster. (laughs) God bless the web. (laughs) The squirrel was on a daring trek, gathering discarded food scraps from the dumpster. And uh, this was not the first appearance on YouTube for the squirrel. Apparently, his exploits had been documented and live streamed many times before, garnering a sizable audience of urban wildlife enthusiasts and procrastinating office workers. It had been so successful, in fact, that the the guy who had the YouTube channel had invested in a drone, and uh, he was flying the drone over the uh, 
the squirrel action over the dumpster. <laughs> what a use of technology, huh? Isn't life grand? Yeah. So as uh, as the squirrel danced between burger wrappers and half-eaten fries, he became startled by the drone and um, scampered off. Okay. Dave, standing outside of the restaurant, was preoccupied with that stubborn ketchup stain and was unaware of the chaos that was brewing on the other side of the parking lot. The terrified squirrel had run off. The YouTuber quickly brought the drone down on top of the dumpster. He did not want to scare the animal. Uh, It wasn't his intention. As he tried to hoist himself up onto the dumpster, he noticed it was teetering precariously. The wheels, which were designed for easy mobility, had not properly been locked down. And so as he tried to jump up onto the dumpster... That's all it took. The dumpster began its slow yet majestic descent, inching away from its designated spot. (laughs) What a visual. (laughs) As the wheels gathered momentum, the dumpster broke into a roll, transforming into a two-ton metallic wrecking ball. Dave... Meanwhile, didn't see it coming. He was probably furiously Googling ketchup stains on Armani or something. I'm not sure. The squirrel with a triumphant leap abandoned ship. His tiny frame silhouetted against the dumpster's ominous shadow. The runaway dumpster, now a force of nature, thundered across the parking lot. Thundered, you say? Yeah. Gasps echoed across the parking lot as the dumpster's trajectory perfectly lined up with the only object in its path, Dave's Maserati. (laughs) Oh, Oh, this is just so delicious. (laughs) The spectacle reached its climax when the dumpster smashed into Dave's Italian beauty with a resonating crash heard around the parking lot. The Maserati's alarm blared in protest, but the damage was done. Yep. Dave... Finally alerted by the noise, looked up from his phone (laughs) to witness the aftermath. (laughs) His beloved Maserati, the proverbial apple of his eye, was now sporting a unique dumpster chic look. (laughs) He was a bit bewildered because he didn't see this coming and he could only stare at the remnants of his once pristine (laughs) Maserati. It was now just a pile of candy apple red twisted steel wreckage. The crowd that had gathered to watch the squirrel (laughs) now gave the dumpster a standing ovation. Yeah, they did. Led ironically by several individuals, he'd inconvenienced by his parking antics. Hmm. Minutes later, Dave stumbling about in shock, his ticket-laden history caught up with him. A traffic officer, already alerted to the commotion, showed up to assess the situation. So the traffic cop shows up and uh, she runs the plates and finds out that Dave has several warrants out for unpaid traffic fines. Uh, She smiles broadly, writes him a ticket, and as she hands the ticket over to him, (laughs) she was witnesses telling him something like, next time maybe consider parking in a non-handicapped space. One could say it was fate. One could say it was karma or just a particularly vengeful squirrel. But whatever it was, (laughs) it seemed to have a rather unique sense of humor. In the grand comedy that life often turns out to be, even the most luxurious Maseratis, the most stubborn of ketchup stains, and the most misplaced of parking preferences could find themselves under the punchline. And the punchline was clear. 
no matter how precious the Maserati, it's the man who determines where it stands. Handicap spots may provide the best view, but if you're not careful, they might also give you the best seat to watch your expensive ride turn into a, um, well, a pile of wreckage. A dumpster decoration piece. Yeah, I don't think dumpsters are factory options for Maseratis. <laughs> so yeah. so here's to Dave, the man, the myth, the parking legend, and his Maserati. Yeah, if there was one lesson to take from Dave's wild ride, it was this. The world is full of parking spaces, but choose wisely, because you never know when a dumpster might be coming your way. Kind of a make good decisions, your Maserati may depend on it. Perfectly stated, my friend. So well done, Dave. And well done, Karma. And uh, no word on Squirrel, we're guessing, was uninjured? Squirrel was fine, yeah. Good. He returned to his uh, YouTube stardom. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting how I think so many of us were thinking, much like I'm sure if Kat had been listening uh, with us, she she would have said, the Squirrel's okay though, right? Oh, she would have said it long before now. Yeah, we I think we were all more far more worried about the squirrel than we were Dave. Yeah, or his Maserati. Because Dave is, how to put this, a jerk? <laughs> I loved this story because it gave me the opportunity to say, on the other side of the parking lot, a YouTuber was live streaming a squirrel raiding a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> God bless YouTube. Oh my goodness. YouTube always makes me think of uh, the time that um, Kat's mom called. And said she was bored, that she had watched everything on YouTube. Yeah, apparently, she she finished the internet. It had 35 things on it, and that was all there were. <laughs> she, did, she doesn't understand algorithm. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You wash your car, what, once a week, maybe every other week? And it's, you know, pretty clean, right? But what if you could get your car cleaner than you ever imagined? Welcome to Holy Water Car Wash. We not only feature professional-grade soft brushes, soap, and hot ceramic car wax, but we're the only car wash in town that uses real holy water to rinse it all off. 
Blessed by a real priest, our holy water not only rinses your car to a beautiful shine, but it protects you and your car from accidents. Because holy water protects you from harm wherever you go. And it rids your car of sin. Because it's, you know, holy. Holy Water Car Wash. Just off Interstate 4 in Orlando. Holy Water Car Wash. We'll wash the hell out of your car. Well, you've heard JG say it a million times. Our email is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We love your comments, your questions, your suggestions. This email comes to us from a listener named Dave, who says, Dear Shallow End Crew, I have been a loyal listener to TSE since the beginning. I feel it's my time to share when I, too, dipped my toe, parentheses and other bits, (laughs) into the shallow Mm -hmm. end. I have suffered from migraines most of my life, and like all people with chronic pain, I have tricks to help. On this particular night, I had a very bad headache. I was going to take a bath to help ease the pain. I found a warm bath with Epsom salt and lavender oil tends to relax the muscles pretty well. As the water was running, I looked under the cabinet for the salt, but found none. Well, a warm soak with lavender would still be nice, but I soon found we were out of lavender oil as well. (laughs) Now, at this point, I remember hearing that peppermint oil was good for migraines. I knew we had some because a close friend serviced processing equipment for mint farmers. (laughs) That's a good friend to have. That's a good friend to have. That's actually, I, I, in all my time on earth, that's the first time I have used all those words in that order to form a sentence. I knew we had some because a close friend serviced processing equipment for mint farms. <laughs> what a great sentence. The farmers often gave him little bottles of oil as a thank you, and he shared some with us. I want to point out that the peppermint oil from the farm is about as pure and potent as you can get. This is the concentrated oil they send out for flavoring gum and such. So I put a dozen drops of this oil in the bath and then proceeded to lower myself into the water. No. (laughs) Now, as a man, one of the first things to enter the water after your feet is a pair of extremely sensitive bits. (laughs) Dangly bits, if you will. Feeling a slight burning sensation, I quickly stood back up and thought to myself, I didn't think the water was that hot. (laughs) I added cool water and tried again with the same results. It's only then that I remembered the grade school science lesson of oil and water. As the burning sensation intensified, I realized I have just coated my bits in food-grade peppermint oil, (laughs) and I'm feeling the consequences of my actions. Thankfully, after pulling some sweet, sweet dance moves with cussing mixed in, No real harm was done, and as evident by my wife's cackles, it just makes for a good story. It does indeed, my friend. So for anyone out there who may be curious, albeit good for cooking and gums, peppermint makes for a horrible bath oil. (laughs) Thanks for all the laughs, Dave. Thank you, Dave, for having the wherewithal to uh, to share that moment. You know, it reminds me of a shallow end moment that I had, very similar, in fact. And, and, and bear in mind, I am uh, telling you this while I'm not wearing pants. Right. <laughs> we were in the kitchen, Kat and I, and uh, we were having a couple of, uh, you know, adult beverages and we were making tacos, I think. And I was chopping up jalapeno peppers okay. and I chop them up real good. And we had a lot of them and I chop them real fine. And see, then, then, then. 
you know, the beverages, you can't buy beer. You can only rent it. And so I had to go to the restroom. Now, I'm pretty good at washing my hands after I pee. (laughs) But you didn't stop to think of a of a pre-session wash. Um, I think about it often now because (laughs) that oil will not come off. um, And that's a pretty sensitive area. Yeah. To cover yourself with jalapeno juice. See, I never would have stopped to have thought that would be an issue, but but I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> next time I find myself chopping jalapenos, I'm going to be very, very careful <laughs> to wash my hands before I touch anything. Anything at all, my friend. Especially anything south of the border, if you will. <laughs> Ole. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? <laughs> you get the goofiest game in history, Queen's Podcast. Hi, I'm Nathan. And I'm Katie. And we're the host of Queen's Podcast. Join us while we spill the tea on women from history. We get into all kinds of stories here, like biographies of lesser known figures. For instance, Saida Haltura, powerful pirate queen. To the stories you might already know, like Marie Antoinette or Cleopatra, but with a fun twist. Each queen is paired with a cocktail that'll totally get you in the mood to hear fun, juicy, and dramatic stories from history. Because history is so much more than just dudes on a battlefield, and we believe that the female perspective and roles are just as deserving of their time in the spotlight. Right. So come get to know these queens. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers. Hello, everyone. Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Sometimes shallow is a good thing. Other times, you're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. JG, would you like to hear a story? I am all at Twitter. I learned something just yesterday that I can't believe I didn't know until this point in my life. There is an actual parody website called rentahitman.com. Oh, no. Now, when I first saw this story, I thought, well, this must be old news. That site must, must no longer exist. But it's still around, and... It's funny as sin because, you know, killing people is a sin. Mm -hmm. The fictitious Murder for Hire website was initially created back in 2005 to advertise a cybersecurity startup, but the company never took off. So the site administrator later converted it to a satirical web page, and the site (laughs) looks very, very real. It says, quote, Since 1920, Rent-A-Hitman has assisted a diverse range of satisfied clients, including ordinary citizens of all ages, government employees, and even political figures. Our experience allows us to handle any delicate situation with precision and efficiency while ensuring 100% compliance with HIPAA. (laughs) That's the Hitman Information Privacy and Protection Act of 1964. Uh, Are you tired of getting bullied 
Rent-A-Hitman has assisted individuals just like you who have been the victim of bullying at the gym, in the office, or at the club. With a wide variety of solutions available, we ensure that your situation is resolved accordingly with the proper care and attention it deserves. Fill out a service request form for additional information. Consultations are free and discreet. (laughs) We can make any troubled relationship disappear. Let's face it, we've all had a relationship or two that you just wish would go away but didn't know just how to end it. Look no further and let Rent-A-Hitman take care of the dirty work for you. To get started, submit a service request form and one of our highly skilled relationship advisors will provide you with a free consultation. And the website also has fake testimonials from satisfied clients like this one. A woman going by Laura S. in Arizona said, quote, caught my husband cheating with a babysitter and our relationship was terminated after a free public relations consultation. I'm single again and looking to mingle. (laughs) And then another customer, Phil, in Florida, wrote, Guido and his public relations crew at Rent-A-Hitman were able to resolve a five-year dispute in a matter of days. Highly recommended. <laughs> and Fernando in Kansas said, quote, My business schedule's too busy to get my hands dirty with human resources issues, so I consulted with Rent-A-Hitman and they handled my disgruntled employee issue promptly while I was out of town on vacation. Gracias, Rent-A-Hitman. <laughs> Genius. Just genius. Hilarious. This brings us to a 21-year-old guy in the state of Tennessee. His name is Josiah Garcia, and he's a real person. He's not fake. But Josiah stumbled across this website, and he thought it was legit. Now, Josiah is a member of the Tennessee Air National Guard, and he decided that he was going to seek work as a hitman on this website. Essentially, he was a wannabe assassin looking to use his skills to earn some extra cash. Side hustle, if you will. Yeah, yeah, a little little side work. So this is back in February of, of this year. He reportedly inquired about employment. Did they have a work for us link? I guess so. But he he ended up emailing them and say, look, I have military experience and rifle expertise. So according to a criminal complaint filed in a Tennessee district court, a few days later, the complaint alleges that Garcia, who nicknamed himself Reaper, actually submitted a resume to the website. And he noted his employment in the state's Air National Guard from July 2021 to February of this year. So the website militarytimes.com says, quote, it remains unclear whether he submitted a cover letter or three professional references <laughs> as is custom with non-hitman job applications. But rather than focus his job search on a real accredited platform, Garcia sent multiple follow-up emails to the site. And as near as I can piece it together, it appears that the website finally realized, okay, we should probably get the FBI involved mm. in this because this guy is emailing us and saying, hey, you know, hire me as a hitman. So the FBI eventually intervened. And what they did was pretty clever. They instructed the website owner to set up a phone interview <laughs> with Garcia, <laughs> the aspiring hitman. Garcia said, to the FBI, I've been looking into this for some time now. I was looking for a way to make good money. That's what he reportedly 
said, and then said in another email to the website owner, he wanted a good-paying job to support a child he had on the way. Alrighty. So in this interview, Garcia also reportedly said he would be comfortable with taking fingers or ears as trophies, or even performing torture at a client's request. So... All this is over this this phone introduction <laughs> that the the website owner conducted, and the the phone the, the website owner says again to the FBI, "Yeah, we think this guy's pretty serious. We you should really you should really step in and get this guy off the streets." So Garcia actually had a meeting in April. This was in April sixth with an undercover FBI agent in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, <laughs> what's interesting to me is that the, this agent is actually, it, it looks like he's hes trying to give this guy an out and tells Garcia, you know, you don't have to, to go through with this. You can, you can just walk away and no crimes have been committed. And, you know, mm-hmm. l- let's, let's, Think about if you want to do that. They're actually trying to give him a way out of this. But Garcia reportedly assured the agent that he was all in. So a few days later, another undercover FBI agent messages Garcia saying, hey, we have a job available. So let's meet at a public park outside Nashville and... And I'll fill you in on the job. And Garcia says, I'm in. So he's thinking in his head that this website is kind of like a really violent Angie's list. Well, they didn't use that term, but that's a very, very good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, find somebody to come uh, to come clean your garage. Right. right? Yeah. Need some drywall work done and uh, and a hit. So during this rendezvous, the agent gives Garcia what he calls a target package. And they didn't say, but I'm picturing it in a in a Manila envelope because it's oh, yeah. it's photographs, it's a lot of paperwork, it's this fictitious target's uh, name, weight, age, height, address. It's like something you'd see in a John Wick film. Exactly, exactly, and even the target's employment information. And the agent hands Garcia this this I'm guessing thick envelope and says. So the client is willing to pay $5,000 for the target to be eliminated. (laughs) And this is where it all comes crashing down. Garcia allegedly asked the FBI agent if he, Garcia, needed to take a photo of the dead person's body as the proof that the job was complete. Now, keep in mind, this this target is all made up. They've they've fabricated all this stuff. So this person in the photo is actually, I'm guessing, is probably another FBI agent. But he says, you need a photo after I killed a guy? And that's when the FBI arrests him. The guardsman reportedly told investigators he had met with the agent because he had second thoughts on the assassin role after learning that he had actually been hired for another medical job, a a legitimate job. But it was too late. If convicted, Garcia faces up to 10 years in prison. Authorities ended up charging him for the use of interstate commerce facilities in the commission of murder for hire. 
So rentahitman.com is a real uh, website, but it's obviously a satirical website. And our suggestion would be, <laughs> if you want to laugh, check out the website, but don't go applying to be a hitman because it's just not good. That's sound advice. This came from militarytimes.com and the actual website, rentahitman.com. What an amazing story. Yeah. Now I want to watch Gross yeah. Point Blank. I, I would put that on the list. We were talking a couple episodes ago about movies that you yeah. see, whether it's five minutes in or five minutes yeah. left, you're, you're hooked. Speaking of John Wick, we, we watched John Wick 4 last night. And? It's about three hours long. Wow, that's a lot of John it's Wick. It's a lot of John Wick, and no spoilers here, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's about what you would expect from a John Wick movie. I thought that the action scenes were way overplayed this time. If they had trimmed them down some, we could have come in at a, at a tidy two hours. Right, right. That's interesting. I, uh, I have yet to see it, but I certainly plan to. I actually have a brush with greatness and Keanu Reeves really? in the John Wick franchise. Let me hear about this. In the very, very first movie, John Wick movie, which was ironically just called John mm -hmm. Wick, uh, the very opening scene, you may recall, is John Wick in a black SUV, um, and he slowly rolls into frame. It's like a loading dock, and he is unconscious or near unconscious right. and actually runs into at a very slow speed a wall and then tumbles out of the car door and falls onto the pavement mm -hmm. there's a radio playing in that scene and i am the voice of that oh, uh, radio jock up. is that right playing in the background oh, that's yeah, so cool true story. that is so cool true story it was uh, it was one of the best jobs I ever had because uh, you got paid a full day for ADR and it was about a an eight minute job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a similar situation with Kat and I did. We did uh, voice work for Queen Pins, the uh, Kristen Bell. Oh, that's right. And Vince Vaughn movie, and it was the same kind of thing. It, we we did it in in our basement, and we were we were voices of um, of corporate executives leaving voicemails and we, you know, it took us five minutes and you know, we got scale for five minutes of work. So it's good work if yeah. you can get it. I hope someday that I get to meet Keanu Reeves because uh, I want to shake his hand and say, you know, you and I worked together in the first uh, John Wick, <laughs> even though we, we weren't in the same room, wow. but, uh, but I have been a fan of that, uh, of that franchise. And I look forward to seeing John Wick four. It's worth the watch. Just carve out a good part of the day. <laughs> He's also, from everything I've ever read, uh, Keanu Reeves, one of the single kindest people on the planet Earth. Yeah. Have you have you seen him in uh, playing himself in the movie uh, Always Be My Maybe? I think he plays himself no. and it's a parody of himself and it's hilarious. No, I haven't. He's like this pretentious douche and uh, he takes oh. people to... Uh, this uh, really trendy restaurant that nobody can get into unless you're like somebody like Keanu Reeves. And the, <laughs> the whole experience was you get to eat your steak and while you're eating it, you have headphones on listening to the cow that you're eating mooing <laughs> when it was alive. And he's it's just this <laughs> side of him eating steak and weeping. 
It was wow. It was glorious. Who the hell came up with <laughs> that? That's a genius idea. Brilliant. For anyone who says there are no original ideas in Hollywood, well, take there that. There you go. There's one for you. <laughs> Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for swimming with us this week, as always. Episode 57 is in the books. Join us next week for episode 58. And feel free to send us an email with story ideas, comments, questions. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. Make good choices, my friend. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. Okay, gotta go. <laughs>